and on the cool jacket, center stage on the mic, and we'll put it on wax. It's the new style. Four and three and two and one. And when I'm on the mic, the suckers run. And this is where we need Carlito with the beatboxer. Like, I'm done. He'll be back one day, man. That was wicked, dude. That was an amazing intro. The Beastie Boys. My kids love them. Oh, so. man. Really? Oh, yeah. How old are the kids? Uh, my son Blake's 14. Wow. And my daughter Isabella is 11. So. And they love the Beastie Boys. They love the Beastie Boys. How did they find the Beastie Boys? Through Pro- you? Probably through me. Gotta be through like you, man. Driving in the truck. And, <laughs> you know, we got Spotify on and, or whatever. So it's all sorts of like 80s, 90s, you know, early 2000s rock and stuff. So. Back in the day when music was music. Yeah. Not like how it is today yeah. where they'd be sampling that little piece there <laughs> and a track for an intro to get a hook to buy records, right? Yeah. That's all it is, man. All right. Yeah, yeah. So welcome to the show, Brent. Thank you very much. Man, this Good has been be amazing. We, we just, like, we've been chatting forever on social media and then we finally got to meet last week or the week before. Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago. I stopped yeah. by one of your sites. Yeah, so. you just stopped by. You are in the hood and I was like, cool, let's finally meet us. It, yeah. it was great. So I was like, Hey, why don't you come on the show, man? I'm getting the show back up and running, and we're going to do the show. So it's just the two of us. We're going to talk about yourself and construction life, and we're going to get right back into the whole spiel. I want to thank all the listeners for still listening to the show while the hiatus was going on, and we'll leave it at that. But this is really about you, and I want to talk about where you came from and how you got started, because I know you told me an interesting story when you came by the site and how you didn't really start in construction. You started elsewhere and then got into construction. So right off the bat, let's get some creds going out of here. So Bram Weitzman. Yes. You're a GC. Yep. And the company is Bram Weitzman Renovations. Very original. Very original, (laughs) man. You're not the only one, man. That's original. Uh, Website is bwrenos.com. And then you can reach out at, uh, at Bram for info at bwrenos.com. And then social media, you'll find them on IG at bwrenos uh, and also on Facebook, probably bwrenos or Some, even Bram Weitzman. Something. <laughs> Guys, look it up and you'll find them, right? So he, he, he focuses, he told me before we actually started on the show that he focuses more on Facebook than on IG. And I want to compliment you for that. Okay. <laughs> because I, everyone knows that I've got a love, hate, 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 hate relationship with IG because of how it has become a lie. And I just get fed up with the lying to filter. And IG is hugely about filters regarding visual or cerebral or anything. It's all filters. Facebook is kind of coming back to reality, I think. Well, I find like the pictures and everything on Instagram because of the, the, the filters I'm almost a little shy. Like the pictures I take suck in comparison. <laughs> so that's probably why we don't post a ton. Yeah, but I mean, it's so easy. I mean, what, what are you? Are you walking around with an Android or an iPhone? What do iPhone. You got? you got an iPhone. I mean, it. Just, and I got to. And I'm guilty of this too. You just got to take the time to do some search and just figure out the filtering and just take a picture and literally scroll through all the filters options. Like I come way back from the 70s and 80s and 90s photography lessons where I know the guys who actually designed these filters and they were like rolling in their grave now because kids are just scrolling right through this, not realizing that there was a lot of effort put into that kind of filter that someone designed it. But it was just, that's a whole other thing. All it takes is like, we're old guys. Like you're a little younger than me, right? A couple. I'm 46. Yeah. So, so we're at that generation where we've got smartphones, but we don't use all the details of the smartphone. All these kids in their twenties and the thirties, they're using all the details. But the thing is that they're lacking on other 
things that we could probably talk about later on, right? <laughs> Communicational skills is what I was getting at. I want to start off the show right off the bat by asking you, Bram, what is a voided biaxial slab? A little construction knowledge here that I don't even know about this. I'm going to say it's something to do with concrete. It has something to do with concrete. Uh, avoided biaxial slab to be able to reduce the cost and weight of large span reinforced concrete slabs. The styrofoam. Uh, well, he goes into voids. He just okay. talks. So Joseph Louis Labond decided to create voids inside the concrete blocks and reducing the amount of concrete used by about maintaining the overall endurance and external appearance of the slabs. These labs are called voided biaxial slabs and are heavily used in construction nowadays. Oh, cool. We probably see them all the time, right? Where they have all those voids inside it, so you can actually run conduit, you can run a bunch of stuff. It makes it lighter. And that's what I also learned from coffered ceilings in okay. Italy. For them to pull off the domes with the coffered ceilings, some great genius Italian guy out there figured out if they carved out some of the stone or the concrete or the material it made it lighter to create the domes so the domes got bigger and bigger and bigger and that's why when you go visit italy all those ceilings those domes all have coffer ceilings that would cost i don't know how much today right yeah. but that's that's where it comes from so okay so that was it now let's get on the show with you all right all right brent how'd you get started in the game man kind of by chance i guess i was actually managing a pub at sheridan college I owned a house with a buddy of mine. It was a student light frat house. Like we destroyed <laughs> the place. <laughs> uh, he was getting married, or sorry, he had moved out with his girlfriend, bought a house. I was getting married, so it was time to fix it up and sell it. And we just started doing it. And I ended up being out of work at the time. So just started doing stuff. Just picked up a hammer and started it. Yeah, I started just doing a little handyman stuff, like hang some pictures, drywall patches, and really, really quickly uh, escalated into doing bathrooms and, and that sort of stuff and uh, got over my head for sure a few times. As we all do. Yeah. That was about 15 years ago. Had some up and down times for sure. and, and uh, In the construction. But before yeah. construction, you were on I was, your... I was a licensed auto mechanic. Okay. I had that... My apprenticeship at, uh, before even finishing high school, got my, my 310S, got my license, did that for a few more years. Around 25, I started having back problems. Couldn't at do 25? At 25. What did you figure it was from? Uh, well, the official diagnosis was, uh, it's a form of arthritis it's called ankylosing spongulitis, okay. uh, which is essentially just swelling of soft tissues. So. And this um, is normal or is this... It's normal to start affecting males at around 25, females a little bit later. Really? really? Yeah. Wow. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So it was just, it was just like kind of like a really, really big knots between my shoulder blades and then like my hips and everything. And just super, super tight. Like I couldn't sleep because I was in so much pain. Like it was wow. brutal. So I just packed up my toolbox and went home. And then you got into construction? <laughs> well i actually went back to school i went back to uh, sheridan and i did computer programming okay um, that makes sense you know i figured okay i can't do physical work anymore you know when i started the program like the very first course we had the, the instructor was like you guys are so lucky there's like five employers for every one of you by the time i graduated nothing the it was IT, all gone yeah the it bubble busted so everything you know, I was, I was working at the pub, worked my way up there to, uh, I was a general manager the last year I was there, and then they reorganized, but. I got to ask yeah. you about the pub. Yeah. <laughs> What's the favorite drink, man? My favorite drink? To make or to serve? 
Oh, it's been a long time, man. Oh, it's been a while? <laughs> what? But, was, you, but you're not saying that you stopped because, I mean, Bram, Bram's been really kind enough to bring a very lovely bottle of wine here. Yeah. So you want to let everybody know what you brought here? Bar Dog. So it's a California Kapsov. It's actually um, really good. It's, it's not a bad wine. It's yeah. not super fancy. It's that, like $15 a bottle kind of kind of thing nice um it's good thank you very much yeah, for that no, you're but ba- back to because i mean i you thought you'll talk to a barkeep and i'm always curious on what drinks that they like making or don't like making or what's the story right because well there's very much so just slinging beers for the most part or like right it, it's very basic baby, god i got you know, it stuff we made a couple like it was uh you know, there was one. It was like had three different, like like vodka, and then like a flavored <laughs> rum, and then something else, and a couple of juices, and you shook it up, and you know, you couldn't taste anything, but it lay on your back. <laughs> I, I had a good friend of mine back in my film days that he had a son, and he named him Rye. Yeah. And he desperately wanted to have a daughter, and he wanted to name her. Coca-Cola? No, Ginger. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, please do not do that. He never had a son, but he didn't name her Ginger, right? Yeah. So Ryan Ginger. But all right. Okay. I, I got off the path there. Okay. So computer science, back to school. Yeah. You're in your mid, late 20s? Late 20s. I think okay. when I was finished managing at the bar, I was 29 or 30, uh, something like that. And like I said, I got laid off. We were essentially renovating a whole house like we did three bathrooms all new flooring trim paint all that still stuff. didn't know like no formal didn't work for anybody else no just picked up a hammer and did it it was a lot of uh i watched this old house when i was a kid <laughs> first of all that's an amazing show been around yeah. for four or five decades yeah i think they're the 40 something yeah season, so. yeah which makes you wonder what when's the baton going to be passed on but that's a whole other thing but yeah trust me i i watched that too man and I watched it because I was just in awe of what they were doing and how they were talking about it. Oh, for sure. And I know you, you don't like some of the other uh, newer shows. But like going back to like when I was doing that, it was right when Real Reynolds was on, uh, yeah. Homes on Homes. Yeah. And, and I was that, I don't want to say kid, but I was that kid watching the show to see how they were doing things. Right? Like I would stop, rewind. Oh, that's how they did that. That's that little technique. Right? So I just pick stuff and up. And just like pick that. it up. Yeah. Obviously, like the stuff I was doing back then, oh god, like embarrassing. <laughs> Compared to no, now. but we all got a starting point, <laughs> yeah, man. No, for sure. Like, I mean, sure. today I was actually doing some mudding, some plastering, and I, and I was using a tomahawk, a twenty-four inch, and I was feathering it out and doing the whole thing. But I, I, I for a split second, I thought to myself, the very first plaster job that I did was actually horrible. It could have been a textured wall. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's how bad it was. There was no feathering. There was no nothing. No. What? nothing it, it took me a couple of years to, you gotta learn to kind of like perfect the technique it's, it's minimal sanding that's course. the whole trick yeah. yeah yeah but you don't learn that right off the get-go no you, you gotta learn to sand and sand and sand and then you realize okay this is way too much mud <laughs> i hate sanding <laughs> Okay, so now you're watching the shows, you're picking up the little tricks, and then you're getting more and more into rentals, and people are actually reaching out now and asking you to do some jobs. Yeah. Are you getting too big too fast? Probably. I don't know. I've definitely taken a few jobs on that that I probably shouldn't have. Everything's a learning experience. You got the sense that it was going to go south, or it was just too much for me? Like, I just, uh, you know, solo on the tools, not really having any help. You know, I've hired people before that they weren't 
necessarily good carpenters or they just needed a job and that never works out so <laughs> so your company it's you and who else how many uh so it's, it's me and my wife krista okay so we're 50 50 in the corporation okay um we just incorporated as of january 1 and she's on the tools too uh no she's a little bit more projects support so it's part-time perfect uh she'll she's doing a lot of like dump runs material pickups but then you're by yourself on site at the moment, we did have a helper, uh, sort of like an uh, unofficial uh, apprentice. Okay. We actually hired her right at the very, very beginning of COVID, like three days before everything shut down. So she started. Wow. And then I think it was a Wednesday that everybody was like, okay, everything's closed. And we're like, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah. And we waited. We said, okay, just hold on. Two days later, we're like, forget it. Let's just keep going. We had a big job on the go, and we just worked on work. How did you find her, or how did she find you? She actually was, uh, I believe, a hostess at the restaurant my wife was working at. They got talking one day that she was looking to go to school to do renovations or whatever. We're like, hey, just we'll hire you. <laughs> very, very green. Didn't know really know much. But, but she was had, willing to learn. She was willing to learn, had a great attitude. She showed up every day on time. Like, awesome. You know, and, and she did learn. Like, I, I mean, a few months in, she was hanging drywall. Like, I'd help her hang the drywall. You know, I could just leave her in tape and mud. Nice. Like, like obviously, she, she needed sand a little bit more than, than you know, myself. But it was awesome. And but then, you saw the potential there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I mean, it was an investment. Great. Because yeah. I, I, you've been through it. I've been through it. Everybody that's listening, we've all been through it where you get a lot of guys or girls come onto the job site. They talk a big game, but then all of a sudden they don't even make it onto the field, yeah. right? So it's just you're you're kind of su surprised at that point, and you want to give them the benefit of the doubt. I, I want to give every person that comes on my job site an opportunity to, okay, listen, it doesn't have to be perfect the very first time. Like, yeah. trust me, man, I'm not perfect. I'm not even perfect now. No. So I mean, I was not perfect the first time. So then I'm not expecting you to be perfect the first time. So, but if you want to learn, all I care about is if you want to learn. You want to ask questions. You want to learn. You want to just learn more about the industry and build it forward. And, and but if you're a temp, like if you're just here for the sake of just making a paycheck, yeah, you kind of lose my interest at that point. Yeah. Right. And I mean, the guys that we did have, like, they just want to show up some days like they would just I've never call in had drunk. that <laughs> like, and I hear that a lot and I know recently I had a, a client reach out to me they were getting me to ask me questions about a hot water tank and I was giving them my opinion and I was giving them my leads and everything like that and then she decided to contact Enbridge and now everybody's listening that's not in the Toronto area Enbridge is our local gas supplier or whatever it is right but they also offer installation services so they were willing to install a brand new power vented tank for the for her house but the thing is, Friday came along to do the install, and the guy called in sick. Yeah. Next Friday came along, and they were supposed to do the install, and it was all set up. And guess what? The guy called in sick again. And I'm like, this is just magic, man. Like, the guy's <laughs> sick twice, two Fridays yeah. in a row. But then they eventually Pay showed up. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> they showed up on Monday. They showed up on Monday, and of, of course, they showed up on Monday after already assessing things, saying that this is a difficult job. And I'm like, no, this is a standard job. You yeah. just wanted an easy job and you just got a standard job and you were hoping to get an easy one on Monday. But then don't worry, you'll be calling in sick on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically it. So sorry. Yeah. So go on. Where were we? <laughs> no, no. Hiring the youngins. And, and I've never had someone not show up. Like if, if, if my mentality is that if you schedule a day, okay, so what time you want to start tomorrow? Like you just talk about it. it, it generally it's 730. 
kind of thing. That's the window of opportunity that we all start, right? But the thing is, if something happens or something changes or I got to get material or something happens, maybe I say, okay, let's start at eight o'clock. If that person doesn't show up at that time and that happens more than once, then a conversation is had and I'm like, don't even bother coming in. Yeah. I'll make other arrangements to find someone. Like, just let me know. Like, so you can plan as a GC, yeah. plan your day. Don't, don't call or text at 1030 saying I'm not coming in today. Like that you've had that happen. No one. Oh yeah. During the day that they're supposed to already be there. Yeah. They text at 1030 and say, I'm not coming in today. Yeah. And the reason is I'm sick. Yeah. They're drunk. Like they were up all night partying. They finally woke up at 1030 and went, oh crap. Yeah. Wow. Call the boss. Like I forgot to call him. Yeah. To tell him that I'm not going to come in. Yeah. <laughs> Did you give him another opportunity? I, I'll usually give it like one, maybe two, but isn't it refreshing, Brian, when like you find someone like that? Oh, yeah. the girl that you had, or even you find someone that's of value, yeah, and they actually are hungry to learn, and you want to like, teach them. Yeah, it's just finding the person who wants to actually be there. Like yeah. th- this is what they want to do, like us. Like yeah, like, we want to do this. This is our life. It's not just a job, and and, and I find with the people that it's just a job. They don't care. They don't care to show up even. I'm fine if they say that this is just a job or they're trying to make ends meet for the summer or for whatever it is. But tell me that at the beginning. Yeah. Because then I'll shift gears on how I'm going to educate you. Because the thing is, like I'm sure it's the same with you, Bram, is that when you're on the site, it's just a constant stream of education. Like you're going through certain things. Some things you've done it a number of times, and so it's like it's you could do it blindfolded. Other things you're just trying to solve right then and there because custom still means custom, right? When yeah. you're building things, and you want to share that knowledge. Kind of a bit of a difference, like when I say just a job, it's like they're just there to push the clock and do yeah. whatever. They don't really care. Whereas like if you had a summer student or something like that. And they, I mean, it's just a temporary job for them for the summer, but they still want to be there. That would be different. How do you see the young guys and girls when it comes to tools? Like, how do you see them when they're using your tools? Are they respectful of your tools or are they critical of your tools? You know, previous years, some of my tools haven't been the greatest uh, and the best of shapes. Well, it's like building a business. Yeah. 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 And now, um, you know, now we've upgraded and they're take care better, better care of them. I'll say guys in general don't treat the tools as nicely. I mean, even even me, like I don't, I'm probably a little rougher on the tools. Whereas like Amy, our helper, like she treated them very, very well. Like You know, it's funny you bring that yeah. up because it's, I think it's true. Yeah. I really think it's that the more that we're in this, the less respectful we are of the tools because I think we're in a mindset of, I'll just get another one next year or I'll buy a new one. And then, but I mean, I still cherish those tools that I've had for 10 years and I still use them. Mm. Right. And even this morning I was at Misaka hardware and I bumped into Gary Maris from Maris carpentry and I was having a discussion about tape measures and I was just saying, guys, I'm on a tape measure rage right now because I can't find a good tape measure. So I actually just recently bought the Chijima one and I hate it. And the reason I hate it is because there's four rivets or three or four rivets. And sometimes when you hook it, it gets hooked on the second rivet. Yeah. So all of a sudden your measurement is a quarter inch off and you're like, what the fuck? No, I, I actually measured this correctly. Yeah. So that one's been annoying me. The Stanley ones have been annoying me. I tried the fast cap ones from Lee Valley uh, and Richelieu. They carry them as well. They're good, but they only go 16. 
And yeah. and if they get wet, they die. They just rust and eventually just death. What are you using for these days? For hanging pictures, I got the DeWalt's ones. <laughs> <laughs> I won't go there. But I mean, don't you find that the DeWalt ones, the, the hook is not big enough and no. your finger doesn't grab it when you want to pull it out? Yeah, it's... Uh, I was buying, like, the really expensive ones. Like, well, I mean, like, the $40, like, 25, 30-foot ones. You lose them. They break, whatever. I just said, forget it. The Home Depot's got these DeWalt's for, like, 15 bucks each. They're What's 16 What's the span? Feet. 25? 16. 16s. Anything bigger than 16, I got the little laser thingy. I've got the laser thing, too, but I just can't, um, I don't know. I just can't get into that world of the laser yeah. thing. When I'm cutting trim or anything like that, I'll cut it kind of like close, like I'll do like an inch or so, and then I'll I'll put it up against the wall where it needs to be and mark it. So you'll take the laser and actually get your gauge yeah. and then give yourself an extra inch and then cut it and then put it right to where it's going to go and then trim it. Yeah. 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 So like it's, I always say tape measures lie. Like you can be off by a 16th or something like that. If you put it in place, mark you know. it, it's spot on every time. Okay. Yeah. That's good though. I'm still on a hunt for a tape measure, yeah. but I don't know who's... I, I just forget because you're always losing them. You need yeah. four or five. Right? And the it's moment like, you chip the tape, yeah, get rid done. of it because I guarantee you, you'll cut your finger. <laughs> it'll slice it. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. right? So I got to ask you, Bram, so are you a DeWalt guy? No. You're not a DeWalt guy. <laughs> uh, I would have figured DeWalt. No, I've got I've got a few of their hand tools now. It's more of a convenience thing. Like, like Home Depot is just so convenient. There's one 10 minutes from anywhere. Everywhere. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a Makita. You're a Makita. Yeah. Yeah. So when I first started out, I had like the rigid kit. So the impact driver drill, whatever. Me too, man. Everybody starts with it, right? It's not, it's not the Ryobi. Lifetime warranty. Yeah, Lifetime warranty. It's not Ryobi. Like it's the step up or whatever. It's the professional grade. And uh, Lifetime warranty until you use it about a hundred times and they kick you out of the lifetime the, warranty. The batteries would last like six months and then and they, they won't charge. They won't do nothing. And it's quieter at the airport when they're charging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like, it's like a vacuum sound or something like that when they're charging. It's so, so loud. I had a, I had this guy installing a kitchen for me and he had Makita. And I was like, oh, how do you like the set? He's like, great. I was, had it for like seven years. I was like, same batteries? He's like, yeah. I'm like, Pfft. next day went out. Done. Makita. Everything. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, if I can, I'll, I'll buy a Makita, even corded stuff. So what are you doing for a table? Cause... Like a table saw? Yeah. The DeWalt with the, it's got the rack and pinion. Got one. it. Okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. a good one? It is. Like, I've got the little tiny one. They're nice. They work. It works. Like, I've gotten on such a trip on track now. I've just gotten so used to using track. That is my next purchase. I got a corded track. I need to get a battery track. But yeah. I did get the recent Bosch battery uh, seven and a half. Oh, I saw that. That one yeah. that's track that's track uh, accessible. And I was like, you know what? It's actually, it is actually kind of nice. Yeah. It took me a little while to figure out the plunge and how to get the depth on it. But once you figure it out, you're like, that's actually a pretty slick trick instead of having some sort of tightening bolt or something like that on yeah. the side. But, and then it's got the power gauge on it as well too. So it is actually a good tool. But yeah, corded track is, I, I've gotten so used to it these days. Versus oh, yeah, the, for sure. yeah, I just I don't know. I mean, maybe you get older and you're just manhandling a, a sheet of ply on a table saw, and it's nice with somebody else. But if you're by yourself, you're circ the soleil action going oh, on. Yeah, it's, and it's like yeah, four by eight sheet uh, on, a, on a table saw. Even if you got a big one, yeah, you know, trying to do that by yourself, I'd always just you know get a straight edge, clamp it down, and 
rip it. And that's it, man. You know, so I don't really need to rip anything bigger than the 16 or 18 inches that table saw does. So you're never going to change from Makita? Mm, you're happy with not. Makita for the whole time now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason to I've, it. I, like I've had, uh, I think, the first Makita Impact driver that I that I bought finally died. Like the actual, the actual driver. How many years are we talking 12, here? 12 years? years? Yeah. That's the way it should be, man. Yeah. Not every single two or three years. Or yeah, this wasn't this wasn't like the brushless or anything. This was like the old school brushed, you know, uh, eighteen volt comes with a two and a half amp battery. Like the batteries lasted me almost ten years. The original batteries. They were really yeah. They were that good, huh? Yeah. What do they do with all these batteries? We throw them in the recycling. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, like <laughs> Elon Musk talks a lot about his batteries being recycled and starting all over again. Yeah. But I've never seen any tool manufacturer talk about their batteries being recycled or what they do with them after the fact. And I don't know. I like. I just. I'd like to know because I know everything's going battery these days, right? Yeah, everything's going battery. But I. I recently have uh, gotten a twelve-inch miter saw for Bosch. Okay. I, I do not like it. Man. No. I do not like it. I don't like. The battery, single battery, doesn't last long. No. It won't give you a full day if you're doing it, repetitive cuts. It doesn't cuts. have enough oomph. That's the thing about it. I, I have been joking about it. It's it, it sounds like a horse and buggy at the very beginning to get some power going, and then you cut, and then you go. And as you're draining the battery, that horse and buggy kicks in, and then you can just hear it. You sound it. And then I, I had a major problem with that. It was always not giving me an accurate cut. The laser is definitely not on par. <laughs> like you can't pay attention to the laser. And, um, but it wasn't giving me an accurate cut and I had to adjust the miter and adjust everything. And I got so frustrated. It just became a rough framing, ripping yeah. tool, which is a shame for what that tool is. So now I'm looking just at possibly that, like seven, 800 bucks for the a tool. thousand, a thousand, try a thousand. that's bare. Yeah. So then you got to get the battery. And now they got that big pig battery, which is 12 amp. Yep. And that's like a $300 battery. And it's huge, right? But it doesn't give me a full day. That's the problem I have with it. Then, I, I mean, you talk to guys like Gary and everybody else that's using Makita. Their battery platform is doing well, man. Something's going on there. Like, they're doing something right yeah. with their saws and everything like that. And, and I, so it's nice to hear from you that you're saying that you had a battery last that long, a tool last that long. I've never had to knock Makita. You know, I mean, that's, that, Makita's a great brand, great yeah. tools, everything like that. So yeah. I wouldn't use them to hang pictures. <laughs> There's a different brand that I would use to hang pictures. <laughs> and that's courtesy of Mike, okay? I never said that. I'm just repeating it. All right. So, Bram, where do you want to go from here, man? So you, you got into construction from, okay, so the computer yeah. went back to school, computer. Yeah. Um, but you had, the st you had the back problem still. And then how did you fall into construction? Well, like I said, we had that house. You, know, you, just, just you started doing here. it. That was it. Yeah. You weren't intimidated by it? You weren't like... No fear. <laughs> no fear. No Seriously? I figure anything I do can be fixed. Like if I, if I really fuck something up, it can be fixed. Like, yeah. you know, nobody's going to get killed, you know. So it's we're, true. We're good. It's true, actually. Yeah. And, it, and it's like when I have people working for me, it's like, don't worry so much about it. Like you're, you're going to make a mistake. It can be fixed. It's funny. I've said that so many times, man. Like yeah. when, when everything's been damaged or broken or I cut it to or I last, lost pe last piece or whatever. You're like, sure, no problem. Tomorrow, we'll just grab another one. We'll just take care of it. And that's it. It's a very good point. I agree with you. And then how is it working with, with the wife? Like a, that dynamic? Uh, well, we're just, 
like she she's been doing kind of like really part time, and and we actually just got our new truck, so uh, now we have the two. So she, we had about a three month delay. So <laughs> getting the truck. <laughs> Previously, she had a, a Honda Civic uh, that was on lease, but we we actually one of my customers we were just chatting or whatever and said, oh, I'm looking for you know just a car for like my kids to drive around and and whatnot. And we're like, well we have this Honda Civic <laughs> if you want to take over a lease, you know, so he, he did. And I think that was back in March. Okay. Um, we ordered the new truck. It was supposed to be delivered like mid to late April. Computer we, chip delay thing, China, delay, all that stuff. We got it last week. You were supposed to get it in April. We we're supposed to get it in April. I'm, I'm waiting to actually put my order in for my new vehicle. I've been, I haven't been given the green light yet. Are you, uh, which the van, uh, Ford or no, no Mercedes. Sprinter. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've been told because of the computer chip and because of black uh, metallic paint. Mm. Those are the two things that have been delayed. I started the conversation in May saying that I wanted it in the summer. Yeah. And it's been pushed four times now. Wow. And now they're looking at possibly ordering it in October. So it'll be a 2022. It, it, they're saying yeah. December. I'm not anticipating December. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, know, I know with Ford, they made a promise that any of the 2021s that have been ordered, they will build uh, before starting production on the 2022s. Are they not That's what I heard, built in the U.S.? The trucks are, yeah. But the problem is that the chips are still coming from Asia. Correct. And that's what's been holding up a bunch of things. Yeah. Is all the chip that basically you can't operate the vehicle without the chip. I'm not sure which chip. That's, that's what I. That's what I was told by Ben's. They were saying that it's this computer chip that yeah. operates the whole nerve center, and that we can't give you a vehicle that doesn't operate. Yeah, without this. it's most likely it's in. It's probably in the PCM, which is which is the main. Yeah. But I mean, even if it was like a body control module or you know something like that, how can you send out? You can't. You know, a new vehicle that doesn't have a dashboard light. Up. Yeah, you like, can't. You, you can't. can't. So, so what is it? I saw you drive when you were coming around here looking for a parking spot because you got a trailer on it. Yeah. Uh, so that one is uh, a 2016. Okay. Um, and we just ordered a 2021. So same vehicle, just new. <laughs> nice. And nice. And the screen on it is the size of your laptop. <laughs> it's awesome. Really? They made <laughs> oh, it that yeah. big? It's huge. Wow. Like it's literally like 14 inches or something wide. Touch screen? Touch screen. And the whole thing's on there? The whole thing's on there. Um, it's got the backup cam. It's got the 360 camera on it. Like, it is wild. Holy cow. Yeah. And she gets to drive that. She gets to drive that one. I'm too messy. No. Nah. <laughs> you got you to have the two vehicles, man. <laughs> so we, we made a mistake. We, we financed this truck that I have, the 2016. Because the previous one I had, it was one of those two-year leases. And I, I was 30,000 kilometers over when I handed it back in. I was like, okay, I need to... <laughs> Like I Figure need to buy. Out. Like, yeah, yeah. Like as soon as we can, we're gonna flip this one and go back to leasing on it. That's the cool thing about Sprinters; they have an unlimited. Yeah, but they lock you in to try to roll it over to another one, or oh, buy sure. buy the one that you have out, right? Yeah. And then you can go from there. But, but I mean, you're you're with vehicles, you're paying no matter yeah, what. Like even if you own it outright, pay for cash. Yeah. Like When it gets to that five, six years old, two hundred some odd thousand, like you got to start putting money in. Get a new one every few years. <laughs> were you were you one of the guys that put the two hundred and fifty bucks down on the Cybertruck? No. Why not? <laughs> all the all the cool kids were doing that. I no, didn't do but it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the. Uh, I haven't put any money down, but the Ford Lightning. 
the fully electric F one fifty. It looks awesome. I'm hearing good and bad things about it, and and I would respect Ford over Tesla when it comes to a truck vehicle that's electric. Yeah, it's Ford. It's a Ford F one fifty. They're not going to release something that doesn't perform. They've got because they will hurt them. Oh, for sure, dramatically, yeah. right? So obviously, the test that was done between the Cybertruck when it was announced, when it way back when, right? Yeah. And I just want to remind everybody: remember when Elon actually talked about solar power shingles? <laughs> remember when he did that little fiasco? Where are those? Where are those things? Oh, they don't exist. Okay. All right. So then, you know, I mean, when he did that little test, he was he was doing it up against a bare bones basic Ford F one fifty compared to his truck pulling them, right. which weighed twice the amount of the Ford truck. And I'm like, that's not apples and apples, man. No. Like, So I, I, I'm i looking forward to the Lightning coming out yeah. and seeing it. They have a video um, of the uh, of the Lightning towing like a million-some-odd pound train. Seriously? Yeah. It's on YouTube? Yeah, somewhere. I'm not... Um, like, I saw a quick clip of it. What are they talking about range-wise? Have they already determined that? I watched the launch. I think it was like 300 or 400 miles. 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 So you'll you'll get a week out of it, no problem. Yeah. Easily, right? Yeah. If you're working, depending on where you're working and how you're working and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's pretty good, actually. You know, they've like 20 amp, like 120 volt. Like you can run all your power tools. Yeah, like, that's the cool thing that yeah. I like is that you basically got a generator. Yeah. Is what you have now. Yeah. And it's quieter, too. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. you're waiting on that one. Well, that's next year. Yeah, they're supposed to be coming out in 2022. Yeah. Uh, problem I have right now is uh, where we live, I don't have anywhere to plug it in. We have like a, a common parking lot. Um, so you got to. Yeah, get, I'd, I'd be like going to customers, you know, to the job site. Can I plug my truck in? <laughs> or you got to get an electrician at your place and just set up the whole car charging thing and go from there. Yeah. right? So that you have yeah. it. But that's a whole other fiasco as well, too. Because right now, where are you at? You're in Burlington? We're in Burlington, yeah. Okay. All right, that's cool. But you do most of your work where? I try and stay in the Burlington, Hamilton, Oakville. I'll go kind of like Mississauga. Right now, I'm, on June. I'm doing a job like the edge of Toronto. It's it's for someone that I actually knew from, from yeah. Sheridan. So yeah. uh, it's the only reason I'm going that far. But like, and it's taking us toll. Like it's, you know, there's an extra hour and a half, two hours of driving. It's everywhere. a hard commute, yeah. man. I totally understand it. Yeah. How are the clients out in the West End area, like the Oakville, Burlington? Are they cool? Or are they? Oh yeah. Because I know that Toronto clients are completely different from. You know what? I I I don't think there's like like there's obviously there's bad clients like, but we like I, I've spent a lot of time trying to work on how I interact with them and how I pick my clients. So yes, I've had some bad clients, but I also I take it as it was my fault. Right, they shouldn't have been my client. I shouldn't have let them do those things. And when so you th- say bad, what do you mean? Like things uh, just went south? Yeah, they're or like they keep asking for this and they want stuff for free and blah blah blah. Like you know, or we just don't get along. You know, so now I, I spend more time. Personalities, man. Personalities. Yeah, personalities and stuff. For the most part, if they're a bad client, it's my fault, really. Because you didn't see that. I didn't see it. I didn't vet them out. I didn't set the boundaries for it. So yeah, like so now now we're 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 I haven't had a bad client in a while. Like how long have you been in construction, bro? Uh sixteen years, I guess now. So at what point in those sixteen years did you finally realize that you had every right to vet clients? Oh, about two years ago, maybe. <laughs> you know what? And I'm not, I'm not shocked because the thing is I'm the same way too. You try yeah. to please clients 
all the time. You try to say all the right things like, yes, please. I want the job. Can I have the job? Yes, mm. please. Yes, please. And you, and you, you forget that you shouldn't be that way. No. You should actually be vetting and learning and understanding who these people are. Maybe our personalities don't connect and maybe this might go south. And that's why I've said over and over to so many people that have reached out to me, I go, your best client can become your worst client. You just have to be careful about how and you, you have to see it coming. If you don't yeah. see it coming, then that's on you. And I agree with you by, by saying that, owning that. That's actually really good that you're saying that. Give me a little backstory on that. Like we had ups and downs for the last you know, 10 some odd years, got myself into trouble, got, you know, I think it was May of 2019, got a hefty tax bill from the government. Okay. Wasn't planning, like I was not running a business. I was just, you know, job to job. Hey, I'm making money. Great. Got that bill in the mail and was like, oh, fuck. Is uh, this real? Is this oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know. We, we've all been there, man. So, <laughs> that was kind of like a wake-up call. Like, kind of from that moment, I almost quit. I, I was just like, you know, maybe we find something else to do. Maybe I'll go work for somebody. Who knows? Kind of crunched the numbers saying, well, if I go work for somebody, uh, we're not really going to meet. Like, we're not going to get out of this. Like, it's going to take a really, really long time. So I just, I buckled down and that's like, I just started consuming content. So like podcasts, different Facebook groups and that sort of stuff, teaching myself how to actually run a proper a business. business. The biggest change we did is, I think it was October of, of 2019, started paying myself a salary. So, I mean, it's not huge. So that's just two years ago. That was just two years ago. So I actually pay myself 30 bucks an hour, 40 hours a week, every week, like everything. Um, legitimate you pay legitimate. taxes on like, yeah, it i've set up the the, the cra accounts everything every month i yeah. every month my taxes just like an employee like i am an employee of my business yeah that has been a game changer like last year we didn't quite like we actually took a tiny bit of a, a loss for the business you know so it, it 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 wasn't perfect but it really makes you like oh man like i need to make payroll it makes you grow right i need to start charging more because you could have a $200,000 job or like gross sales of 200,000. But until the end of the year, until you get your tax return in like April, you May, don't whatever, know that it's you have no idea. Yeah. You but know? if you're doing it on a weekly and you've got yep. a bookkeeper that's handling it, then you actually on a weekly yep. know where you're headed. Yeah. You know, every week, like, you know, I'm trying to do the math. Uh, I think the gross pay is like $1,200 yeah. has to come out of that account. Yeah. Right. So, so you, even if the company took a hit, you're still being, your employees are still being paid, yes. which, by the way, you're an employee of the company. Exactly. And same with your wife. Your wife would be an employee yep. of the company. It's the same thing. So everything. And you know what that does, Bram, honestly? That makes CRA happy. Oh, for sure. That makes the tax man very, very happy that oh, you're doing that. Yeah. Now we have a history. Like, we're a couple years into it. We can start. Like, we're starting to build a credit so we can get mortgage and all that sort of stuff. Like and you can expand the business. Exactly. It's the best way to yeah. do it. But that, that was like, so 16 years in construction, two years ago, 14 years in construction is when you had the light turn on. Yeah. Well, the tax bill. That, <laughs> it was just a tax bill. That's what opened up everything. Well, I think, like, you know, you're, like, working every day. Like, you're just busting your ass and, and you come home and you're tired. And it's just like, what do you mean I haven't made any money? Like, that. So what is your first thought? Because my, I guess my first thought too was I had two first thoughts. One, I was not charging my clients enough. Yep. Two, my sub trades were charging me too much. That's what I started thinking. 
Because, I mean, I'm trying to figure out where's the money going then if I'm not making money, my business not making money. Those are the two avenues I'm starting to look at and going, okay, so either my guys are charging me too much and yeah. I've sold my clients on their rate, but it's not making me grow or I'm not charging my clients enough. But yet, how many times have you had a conversation with clients where they're saying you're charging me too much? Oh, all the time. All the time. Not so much anymore. <laughs> no, because you figured it out. You figured yeah. out what the fair rate is yeah. to charge them, right? Yeah. And we, we, we switched to like a full, full transparency model. So I actually had a conversation with, with Jim, I think it was last summer, maybe, maybe a little earlier. Okay. Cause I heard him on the podcast. He was talking about how he, he does his like management fee. So yeah. it's a little bit different. We're almost sort of doing like a cost plus now. So like fully itemized, here's labor, here's materials, breakdown, whatever number of lines it ends up being. And then here's our overhead. Here's our profit. Completely aware, made Everything's to the client. Open. So we, it's a business, we're making money. Yeah. Um, we're not buddies here, we're making money. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, anyone who's gonna say, oh, you're making like a, an 8% profit. Well, yeah, I need that. Anybody who doesn't wanna pay that, it's not our client. Like no. if they don't want you to make money, I don't want to work for them. It's interesting that they complain about eight or 10 or 15% profit yeah. margin when we try to sell them on that. But when they go out and buy an iPhone or buy a TV or buy a whatever, and the profit margin on those items yeah. is a lot higher. I'm guessing here because I, mean, I don't know. Well, it's just because like you throw it in their face. You know, if you're on a $100,000 job, what's like 10% is 10 grand. They're yeah. like, oh, you're getting 10 grand in yeah. your pocket for doing nothing. Like, no, I've taken all this risk. Like, <laughs> it's, I got to figure out how to react to that because I've heard yeah. that more than once where like you're literally getting paid 10% for doing nothing. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not doing nothing. Well, on, the, on the project I'm doing right now, when, when, when I first showed him the numbers, he saw that and he was like, that's it? That's all you're making? And he was like, you're, you're like making money for actually doing the work too. I was like, yeah, yeah. So here's like, here's like what I'm making for actually swinging the hammer. But this is just like the small portion of profit for the company business. Makes. Yeah. yeah, You know, and any, any business to survive needs to make a profit. A lot of these young kids don't realize that though. It's nobody tells you. Nobody, nobody teaches nobody, you that. Yeah. If you go to any kind of trade school or you go to any red seal or anything like that, that's not part of the, the, the course load. Yeah. I think unless you're actually going to, business school yeah and even then I, I mean i can't attest to it like i've only had a few business classes part of other things but nobody teaches that you need to make a profit and and even worse is a lot of people think you know what they're taking home like here's the material cost everything else is profit it's like no 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 no, 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 no. <laughs> and i mean i made that mistake i made that mistake for like 12 some odd years what what's left over after paying materials and subs that's not profit that's gross profit yes right but, but you still have your overhead profit remember the good old early days there brand like i'm pretty oh. sure you and i probably did the exact same thing is you calculate how much all the material would cost to do the job yeah. and then you just double it i never did that <laughs> you never did that <laughs> no. i would just figure well what am i going to charge for my labor end of this thing yeah. and I, would I would just go oh you know it's going to take me 10 hours and i'll charge you know if I was working for somebody else, it'd be I'd be getting like twenty bucks an hour, so I'll charge them thirty. It wasn't until the oh electricians pulled out their bill and they literally had an itemized gross list of everything that they were yeah. charging me, and I saw what the switches were, what the pots were, what the cabling was, all this other stuff, and I started realizing, hang on, you can itemize everything. Yeah. Even as a GC, you can itemize well, everything. Well, internally, like to do our estimates. Yes. We itemize it. 
like square footage, not, linear footage, yeah, all, all this, and then you can take your trades, your sub trades if you're going to hire. You can take all their amounts, and and you can still, guys. By the way, you can negotiate those amounts if you've got a sub trade who you've worked with a number of times, and they give you a price, and you feel that price is a little high, and it's not going to work for that client. You can go back to that sub trade and go listen. The client's not going to sign off on that. So yeah. either you give me a, a different price or I actually have to get it another price, which will probably be less than your price. And then I'm going to go with that person instead of you. Yeah. But that's totally legitimate. And it's oh, no hard sure. feelings. That's you're still, like you said, running a business. So how, how do you do your I know this is your show, but I'm going to ask you questions. <laughs> go ahead, man. How do you how, how do you do your your proposals like? I break it. I itemize everything. I literally go to all my sub trades that I'm going to be working with, whatever that scope of job is. And I'll go here, guys. This is what we're looking to do. Can you give me your rough estimate? I'll get their rough estimate and then I'll start putting it into into the, the package and I'll figure out, OK, well, this job is going to cost X amount. Then I attach my management fee on top of that. Then you attach your tax on top of that. OK, and so you're, you're doing a management fee like, like yeah, uh, I do. Okay. I've, I've always done since day one and it hasn't changed and it should change. And we've been talking back and forth with Jim and even on the show where it's like it's always been 10. Yeah. It's always been 10 percent. Right. And but I've heard of guys like charging as much as 20 or 25 percent. Guys won't even take on a job unless it's less than 20 percent. And I find that that's excessive because it's going to be hard. Like you said, hundred thousand dollar job, 20,000 is yeah. my it, management. It all depends on what's included. What's the value in that? Like true. Um, you know, for you, that 10% is just for you. Like yeah. you're the only one managing it. You don't necessarily have like a site super or, no. or something like that. So those guys charging 25, do they have a site super included in that? Well, that's what they were saying. So they were saying yeah. like 10 was, 10 was going to the company, which is the management side of the yeah. business. And then another 10 was going to the site super. Yeah. And then the rest of it was all sub trades being, and that's where you got your, your, your budget or your amount that you were charging the client and that the clients would see that, but you'd get a lot of clients, especially in COVID days. Well, this kind of smells like double dipping. There's a management fee and then there's a site super fee, but no, it's not because you've got one that's handling the project and putting it all together. And you got another one that's on site handling right. all the trades that are putting it all together. So there are two fees there. It got to the point where I was talking to Jim a few times and he was like, well, we would just roll it into one. Yeah. Because the clients were getting tired of seeing two line items there and they were thinking that you were double. And I'm like, it's not doubled. Like the thing is, it's it's not right. Well, the thing we've started uh, doing and it's still a work in progress. We're actually line iting like project management. It's a pain. Sub management. But you have to. Yeah. So we're actually creating multiple line items for what one of my friends calls COPE. So cost of project execution. So okay. that includes all the material ordering, the handling, delivery, all that stuff. You know, calling the subs, pricing everything out. So we're trying to break down all that that management part into smaller chunks, so they can actually see where everything goes. We're also not marking anything up. You know. Yeah, so. whatever you guys are getting it, and I do yeah. the same thing too as well. That's what they get it for. Yeah. But they're still arguing over the management fee or site super fee, right? So it's like they're still arguing over twenty percent. Yeah. Of what it costs to do something. So I think essentially what we've done is just broken that twenty percent up into smaller portions so they can actually see uh, what's involved, like what you're actually doing for that money. It's like, oh yeah, I'm managing your job, but what does that mean? You know, where we're saying, okay, material procurement, we're gonna spend like 10 hours ordering, you know, picking up or having it delivered, checking the materials, all that sort of stuff. So they can actually see where that fee's going to. You bring up like a really good point there, man. Because I've always joked with some of the younger kids saying that, 
factor in all the time you spend. When you're making a phone call, you're shooting an email, you're discussing it, there's a revision, you have to change the order, mm -hmm. you're speaking, you're calling, you're texting. All that time adds up. It's not we, seconds. We're actually in the process. We're going to, because right now my, uh, the business number is my cell phone. I just got to have the time to actually do it. We're going to like sign up with like Grasshopper. I don't know if you've what is that so it's like a, uh, a web-based platform so it can direct your calls uh, to any number that you want oh really okay but you can also do text messaging and it's got some of the really cool features so we're gonna instead of spell like grasshopper or grasshopper, it, yeah. oh, grasshopper okay all right um so instead of changing everything for the business to a new number we're gonna port that number over to them and all get a new personal number because last week uh you know i'm trying to work away i'm the only one in the field and suppliers are calling me because there's a problem with an order you know customers are calling me potential customers like i think i did like three hours of actual work the rest of the time was on the phone emails all that like it takes so much time with one supplier because there's been issues we're probably between myself and krista 10 hours yeah to get a couple so, cabinet so doors like it's ridiculous. based on what you were saying earlier where you're paying yourself 30 bucks an hour yeah. that's 300 dollars mm -hmm. that should be a part of that job yeah that you haven't gotten because you just gave it up and you yeah. just did it but the thing is that if you were working at mcdonald's you worked those 10 hours you're getting paid for that oh for sure even if it was minimum wage you're yeah. still being paid for that oh sometimes minimum wage would be good <laughs> I totally agree with you, man. That's what I like to tell these young guys. It's like you got to factor in all the yeah. time and effort. And the more efficient you can make your business stream, the better. So like you said, you had your awakening moment two years ago, yeah. 14 years into the business. We want these kids who listen to the new technology out there like podcasts and other and social media and that, to learn the mistakes sooner. Oh, for sure. To figure out better ways of doing it better. And then but by all means, guys you got to pay it for it too because you mm. you got this information from other people that went through some bad times to to learn these experiences so now we're sharing it off to you guys but now you guys need to share off what you're going to experience yeah. and then hand it off to somebody else that's the only way you're going to make the industry grow oh exactly and construction is really slow and, when it comes to that but i also think it's, it's going to help us be professionals yeah you know I, I think one of the things on your list there was like what's a what's a gripe about about the the industry and it's, yeah. i think it's a lack of professional professionalism not necessarily quality of work or, or anything like that obviously that's, we still have the stigma yeah but it's just you know the joe schmo in the truck you know and he's gone the next day like it drives me cr crazy i think last year in a six-week period i saw eight houses or projects abandoned halfway through and like there was no saving them there was just crap wow you know and it's i mean it's, I mean, it's heartbreaking for the homeowners right but it like infuriates me like just okay you're not that great but and you're not going to make money but stick it out like yeah finish it like yeah. how do you leave someone like that they just leave they don't yeah. care because they probably calculated that if we finish this we're gonna not make money or it's gonna cost us but then you've actually damaged the industry as a result yeah. of doing that. Yeah. It just makes it harder harder for their good guys to... To do anything good. Yeah. And that, that brings up a good point where I had an interesting conversation with a couple of trades maybe a month or two ago. And they were like pointing their fingers at me, right? Because obviously they were half my age, right? So they were pointing their fingers at me. And you go and point your finger all you want. I don't have a power tool in my hand. So they were saying, you need to start doing more cash jobs, man. 
And I was like, what? And he goes, listen, that's the only way you can get certain jobs. And I'm, and they're like, what are you guys talking about? And they were explaining to me how most builders are still doing cash jobs. Yeah. And I'm not going to put you on the, on the spot or anything like that, but it's just I want people to understand that that still goes on. Oh, for sure. It still goes on because you, you get pressure from clients that are insisting. And I still remember one of my first biggest jobs that I ever did which was a 1,600 square foot basement in Woodbridge that worked out to be about a 240 and change thousand dollar job, which was great. I loved yeah. it. You know, kitchenette, soundproof room for the the son who uh, you know was a drummer at the time, and then a home theater, all kinds of bells and whistles. Right? It was great. It was like I, I was stunned. It was a 1,600 square foot and it's 240k. I, I probably would charge like 80 back then. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but but I had the clients come up to me and ask me, "Listen, can we do cash?" And yeah. I was like, "What are you talking about? Can we do Woodbridge Visa?" And I was like, what's that? He goes, cash, right? And I was like, no, I can't do that. Because I, I, I said to them, I was going, first of all, she worked for Immigration Canada. And he worked for one of the biggest law firms in Canada. And I said, I can't do cash. And ever no. since then, I've never done cash. And I've never done cash from my first job to my current job. I've always, I don't know. And, but I'm being told that lots of established builders out there and renovators and contractors and tradespeople and even subcontractors they're all doing cash. Oh, for sure. We we made a rule a couple of years ago, probably around the same time, just no cash. Like, we need to run a proper business. Why did are you concerned that it will bite you in the ass later on? Yeah, well, I mean, if you're doing cash, there's no contract. Like, how do you have a contract when it's off the books, right? Yeah, no, it was just it was too much liability. I didn't want the risk of, of CRA or anything like that. And I want to build. I want to build a business. You want, I want to, build to build a brand. I want to build my own finances. And and if you have cash, like you can't deposit it, you can't do anything. So, you know, that's the scary thing. But these <sighs> kids have learned a way how to handle all that cash. Yeah. And still make themselves look legit in front of the tax man, and still run a business just on the cusp of running a business. Yeah. And and they do that because the GCs or the homeowners come up to them and go, listen, can you? I, oh, everybody does. Everybody. I, I understand it's a hundred and fifty thousand dollar contract. Is there any way that I can give you seventy five k in cash? Yeah. What am I gonna do with that? <laughs> and here's ten k. Can you please sign here that you received the ten k? Yeah. So then later on, if I get pinched by CRA, I can't come back to you. And I'm like. It's just, I don't know, karma. I don't yeah. know what it is, but I've never done it. So I just, I, I'm being told by the youngins saying that I should do it. It will get me more jobs. And I do, disagree. Do you need more jobs? No, it's not that. It's just like, <laughs> I, I, I'm like you. I'm vetting. I'm trying yeah. to figure out better clients. I'm, I'm more concerned about finding better clients. Hmm. That's what I really yeah. am. Like I, clients that will be respectful of the skills that you bring to the table. Yeah. And then realizing that those skills, they cost money. They honestly do cost money. You spend money. You guys all want to work really well. You want to buy a nice luxury car. You want to buy all the bells and whistles for your home automation. You want to get it all set up for your sound system. You want to buy a certain kind of turntable. The thing is, if you want to build that shell, that house, you want to hire a certain contractor mm -hmm. that's going to give you what you want. Or you can go the cash route and buy, you know, hire a fly-by-night kind of guy. Yeah. Or gone. girl. And there's no warranty, no guarantee he's going to show up. It's such a huge risk for the homeowners too. Like, so now that you woke up two years ago, <laughs> <laughs> we all get a wake up, man. Where are you guys headed now? What are you thinking about? Because now that you got that woke up, I'm sure you probably are thinking, okay, we need to start focusing on this. Yeah, focusing on that. 
been really, really focusing on, on the business side of things. So consumed a lot of information, a lot of podcasts, a lot of Facebook's great for the different groups. And that the sort groups, of stuff. eh? Yeah. Now we're just kind of trying to implement a bunch of stuff. Like we're still trying to figure out all the different systems and it's tough. Like, is everybody know? on a different page? Like you've got so many different contractors out there that, I mean, you remember a few years ago, there was like a rash of, I don't know, Procore and Builder Trend and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff and how to navigate your business, how to build your business and how to do all this other stuff. But when I looked at all that software, it wasn't, it wasn't making any sense to me. I heard something the other day that if you don't have a, a, a system, like an analog system, like something written on paper or whiteboard, software won't solve anything for you. You still need to have the, 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 the systems down. Uh, the software just makes it easier, a little bit more efficient. So you still got to handwrite, figure out what your flow chart is yeah. for your business. You got to figure out what your business is, who I am, what am I, what's my cog, what am I, what's my component in this business? Well, the, 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 the latest thing and, and probably one of the most challenging things that I did personally as far as that was uh, our sales process. So I actually, because we've kind of been changing everything, I've been learning a ton, so every day it kind of changes a little bit. Yeah. But um, That's the beauty of construction, man. And I don't, can I give a little shout out to Of course, totally. So, so Kyle Hunt, uh, the remodelers community on Facebook. Okay. Um, he's like my quasi coach. Where's he out of? He's in Michigan. Okay. Kyle Hunt. <laughs> Kyle Hunt, yeah. Okay. So he's, he's a business coach that specializes in the American term, remodelers. Got it. Uh, yeah, they call it remodelers, we call it renovators, right. but same thing. So I've, I've had a few conversations with him as well as a few other people in that group. He basically is preaching that we need to like write that process out, like from the initial call or contact, whether it's email or whatever, all the steps that, that happen from the time you actually sign the contract. And that was, that was actually really challenging for me because I was like, okay, this is what we're doing, but this is kind of what I want to do. <laughs> and then you, you know? quickly realize what's missing yeah. and what you need to do yeah. when you so. first sit down and actually pen to paper it. Yeah. And it's yeah. true. So, but it really, really helps. It's, it's a good way to vet your, your customers. Cause I mean, I guess for most people like, you know, typical customer calls up, Hey, I want a quote for my bathroom. You know, can you come out have a look, give me a price. Well, why well, I, I can give you a ballpark. Like uh, I can do that for free. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know, I know a bathroom, like a, a standard hall bathroom, like, you know, five by eight, you're going to spend between you know, let's say 15 on the really, really low side, if it's just a tear out to like 30, what do you want to put in there? Like, what's your budget? You know, do you want like the really fancy shower? You're just looking for, you know, a replacement acrylic tub. So we kind of, we, we, we try and walk the customers through our process. We guide them as opposed to them guiding us just to get a price check. They never interrupt you and tell you, listen, we've got 15 grand. What can you give us for 15 grand? Well, definitely we've had people uh, on the phone where like priced out a kitchen, you know, I was thinking it was going to be like 30 to 40 and they're like, oh, we were thinking like 10. <laughs> well, I'm glad I didn't drive out there to, yeah. <laughs> to come see you do the dance. But and, don't you want to ask them like, where did you get that 10 number for a oh, kitchen? For sure. for like, sure. I don't even I don't understand know. how you get that number. Yeah. I mean, like Ikea, like 
you're like eight thousand dollars in cabinetry. Just in cabinetry, <laughs> but someone's got to assemble all those things, and yeah. someone still has to prep all yeah. the electrical, all the plumbing, get it all ready. Then you got your tops. Yeah. Then you got paint. Yeah. Inspections, permit. So it's like, how do you pull off a kitchen in ten grand? You don't pull well, it you off. Can't. You no. Can't. I mean, if you did it yourself, maybe. <laughs> Even if you did it yourself, maybe. I'd have a hard time. Yeah. Uh, no, there's no way to do that. Yeah. So how do we educate? Okay, so I mean. There's two schools here to actually thinking about it. We're still trying to educate because I've always told all the everybody that's in construction, learn more business than building. Mm-hmm. You've got building down pat. Everyone has building out. Everyone's a rock star when it comes to building. I always say the building is the easy part. Yes. Like, outside looking in, what we do looks really, really complicated. But for us that have been doing it, it's just it's easy. It's just what we do. Second nature. Yeah, exactly. But the build the, like the, the business, business part. building part. <laughs> nobody and nobody wants to handle it because the moment you tell them here's a pen here's a piece of paper write down building your business yeah. and they're like what are you talking about i guess the other side of it is like that doesn't make you money yes. right here right now i think the biggest trap is you're so busy swinging the hammer that's how you make your money that's the only way you're bringing money in why am I, like i'm so tired i don't want to do this I'll do it later. I saw something yeah. today. That's, that's going to make Do you know who Mark right Randolph is? I've heard the name. Netflix. Okay. So he was the co-founder of Netflix, right? right? So I actually saw him talk about it in a video where he was talking about, if you want to figure out how to improve something, just go out and find problems with what's already out there. Mm. So he just showed an image of a pop can without the, the flick, whatever, tab on it. All you got to do is go out there and figure out what's wrong with what's currently out there. And if you think about history-wise, you go back to Apple, Elon Musk, everybody. They went out there and found what was wrong with what was currently out there and made it better. Well, they didn't completely invent no. their, their money makers. No. Like, no. So construction is the same thing. Yeah. Go out there and figure out how to make that construction better. Mm. And a lot of it has to do with the business side of it. That's oh, yeah. a thousand percent. Yeah. So that's what everybody's missing out on. But I. But then also you're fighting this battle about you get all these IT guys and all these app guys and all these people. They, I've got this new <laughs> widget. I've got this. It's going to save your life. It's going to make your life a lot easier. But the thing is they're, they're looking at it as a broad scale. They're looking at it like if you're a builder that makes 10 custom homes a year. And I'm like the majority of us are not making no. 10 custom homes a year. You're doing like 10 custom rentals or, or you're doing like maybe 10 bathrooms or maybe you're doing five kitchens. You need to scale it down. But they don't create this IT stuff or this software to cater to us. That's what no. I have a problem with. I actually did. Like I tried all the Build-A-Trend, Co-Construct. I've gone all through all, yeah. the, all the tutorials. Um, and I, yeah. I signed up with a couple of them and I actually found one, uh, UDA. Uh, so it's Construction Suite. Okay. I did the desktop version, not online. How was it? Um, I love it. Okay. So I, there's a project management side to it, like all the other ones do, but because uh, they do have the online version, but I didn't need that. My my customers didn't care about logging in to check on the schedule or their their selections or anything like that. And I don't have that many customers at one time, so it's just hey, here's here's the schedule, here's your selections. Yeah, simple. Perfect. Yeah. What this program did so it it, it gives a very robust uh, estimating system software that's very very much like excel uh, so it's got tabs and all your light items so it's awesome that way 
uh, it auto generates uh, proposals and contracts and everything. Wow. Um, and so like you put their information in, it pre-populates all the stuff that needs to be there because <laughs> I did this and it, I was I was lucky. It was a friend of, a, of my previous customer, but I put the wrong address on one of the contracts. Okay. Um, Happens. Because well, if yeah. you do it in Word, like you're recycling, right? Like you just take the same kind of template, yeah. shift it over, and I totally blanked and missed, missed the the address part of it and i was like okay i need something to organize myself so yeah I, I, it costs money like it's it's expensive but it works and it works for me it and that's the thing are like, you still using it oh yeah yeah, yeah. uh we've had so, it for about a year and a half now so it's is it the desktop or are you still paying a monthly for it because like i'm renting it essentially because okay. i couldn't afford like the 2500 bucks or whatever to yeah it right buy it yeah uh, so i just pay monthly it's it's awesome but it totally streamlines it helps you out it organizes everything yeah so all of my customers like you can you can put the files in in like their folder and that sort of stuff and so it's it's based off of excel or is it using a, a format that's similar to excel because uh, i think a lot of contractors are very familiar with excel and that's why i'm thinking if, if that would work for them yeah i don't i don't know it's very very similar to excel to excel okay um like the, the the format the layout of it is is just like that so okay and fully fully customizable a lot of what i found with the the online versions it limited the customization so like you said it, it just didn't work for you right yeah like you weren't that big or whatever i just i got frustrated because i couldn't do what i wanted to do it wasn't my business right. that was talking to me yeah yeah i know and they do that on purpose to generalize it so then they can try to sell as many Mm -hmm. memberships or whatever it is or, or you software licensings for you yeah. so you can use it yeah. but it doesn't work and i don't think anybody's designing it but i think that it's not applicable because i think every construction company is different oh, absolutely but you have to literally still sit down and i'm saying to the all these other guys you don't have to get a pen and paper you can get a laptop and just type down what your business is about yeah what you want to create what you want to go with it what you want to do what, how much money do you want to make? Same way that you told yourself like earlier that like you wanted to make X amount of money. You tell yourself, I want to make that much money. So for me to make that much money, where do I got to go? Yeah. What do I got to do for that? Who do I got to hire? Who do I got to negotiate? What suppliers do I have to use? All that stuff. These and are how much all, to charge? Yeah. Th <laughs> these are all hard-hitting questions that you need answers yeah. for. You have to answer these questions. We all love waking up in the morning and getting to the job site and turning over the tools and start creating and start building. But like you said, man, that's the easy part for us. Yeah. Figure out the other part. And guess what? That easy part will even be easier and it will make you money. Hmm. Where else is it going to go, the business? My business? Yeah. Well, I think like we were at one point trying to look for someone to hire. But I think like with the market the way it is right now, like. How's COVID been for you? We've been swamped. Like we're, it hasn't stopped, right? Oh God, no. I know it hasn't stopped. Yeah. And, and now it's kind of coming to an end. And. It's just going to continue, hopefully. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm really trying to not overextend my extend myself because I mean that's a huge problem with with most people. But it's so hard right now, you know, because you get one little delay on something and it just throws your whole schedule yeah. out of the window. Yeah. And yeah, you, you know, we're getting like four or five calls a week for for jobs, and and I mean we're people pleasers. Like we want to help people. We want to do good jobs. We want to be say yes to everything. Of course. And and it's so hard to say no. <laughs> so but we're struggling. It's like, so it's so yeah. critical to say no. Oh, sometimes. for sure. Yeah. Right. Like not everybody is a. You know what? And you might know another contractor might be a better fit for this client. 
and maybe even make that recommendation, yeah. right? You got any concerns with next year? Because I've got, and I, I've spoken to Jim about this a number of times. I just feel like 2022 is going to be the year that it might hit construction yeah. because we've had such a great 2020 and a 2021 that travel is going to return next year. Yeah. So hopefully, like things might so called normal next year. Does that mean that construction is going to plateau? Well, I mean, with anything that goes so high, it's got to come down. It has to. <laughs> so it's it's gonna flatten, dip, whatever. At some point, it's just a matter of when. So yeah, don't, don't overextend yourself, your business. Yes, yeah, so I don't necessarily want to. Yeah, we wanted. To, we were trying to think if we wanted to hire another carpenter to replace our helper or two, even because I'm really, really trying to get out of the field. Like I love building stuff and whatnot, but I also. I think I can serve my customers better by being the one who organizes and coordinates and does the, the design and all that sort of stuff. Our thought was to try and hire someone, but then this market is crazy. Like there's no, but there's, there's nobody available. I shouldn't say there's nobody. There's the unfortunate thing is people are still like you talk about cash. Yeah. You know, all these, all these guys are, they just love and being paid cash or yeah. just being paid cash by us or, and then, Checked they, by the government. They still want the same wage. <laughs> this this whole... But, but, this but they whole, expect us to pay the 40% yeah, on Yeah, that's like, the thing about it. This whole thing has basically educated people to ha- to be lazier. That's all it's done. Yeah. People that were not hungry to begin with have just gotten less hungrier. But not even, not even that. I think just like in, in the industry in general, like everybody's so busy. So it's, it's crazy. so, so hard to find good, good. help good help like yeah you can find people but i need i need someone who can actually come closer to replacing me not saying i am like this amazing carpenter or anything i do pretty well i need someone who can do pretty well as well like leave at a job site whatever kind of given up on that for right now yeah what we are looking to do is is take on more trade partners and and see if i can try and find like someone who can actually install a kitchen Someone who can trim at a house or a basement or something like that. So you're handling everything? You're tiling, you're trimming, you're painting, um, or you subbing out certain things? I've got a few things I sub out. Obviously, okay. electrical. You yeah. have to. I have a great taller, Sid Lundy, okay. <laughs> if anybody's looking. Yeah, no, for um, sure. He only stays in the West? Or does he yeah, come out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He stays local. So like yeah. he'll, he'll do as far as like Oakville and, and Hamilton, that sort of Young stuff. guy? Or how old is he? Um, early, mid-30s. Okay. Yeah. All right. Been doing it a while? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So cool. I think he's been on his, on his own for about five years. Nice. And does awesome work. <laughs> it's, it's funny when I <laughs> bring him in or bring him into like a customer's home, and I'd be like, "Okay, he's got like a mohawk. He's got tats. He's a <laughs> he's awesome. Like he's the best dude ever." Like, but they're just they're intimidated by him. Well, just like I just uh, preface that like, hey, you know, like just in case you're uncomfortable with tattoos or like a mohawk or something like that. Like not know. the not the image that we thought the tile installer would yeah, be. Yeah, but he's like he's just like the super nice guy. Like he's like I said, he's got a mohawk and he's listening to like ninety nine nine or whatever it is, like the oldie stations. <laughs> <laughs> Man, good for him. Yeah, but he yeah. he he. Does Thailand, man. He does Thailand. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the thing that I've learned. Like I, I'm I'm pretty good at pretty much everything, but I'm not like top of the game for everything. Yeah, right. You can't be. So that's what I'm finding. Like I'm, I'm a pretty good Tyler. Like I can do some some pretty good stuff. He's just that much better and faster. So that's that's what I've learned is that that you know it's better to get the professionals in. 
you know, I'm not a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm not trying to hire a, a jack of all trades like myself yeah. to do yeah. certain things. I'm, I'm now trying to hire like actual like trades, like a drywall person, a tile person, a, you know, plumber or whatever, like, you know, very, very specific trades that what's, people who love their jobs. What's your plan for trying to get out? Cause I'm curious myself, right? I'm, I'm trying to figure out, not get out, yeah. pass on. Right, where you handle more administrative and you actually don't have to wear work pants every day. Yeah. You don't always actually have to grab a tool every day where you actually just run the business. You run the business side of it. You handle mm-hmm. the clients. You take care of that all stuff. What are your, you, you're planning that. You're stepping. You're putting things into motion to get that. Yeah, obviously we need, we need to find the, the production, right? Yeah. Like we, need, we need those people, whether they are... Uh, employees or or trade partners how's it been looking for it because i mean trust me i went through <laughs> dozens and dozens yeah. just to find one good guy <laughs> so how do we are we yeah, all gonna go to through him, <laughs> no i know it's just like the thing is it's like how do you f- i guess first thing why do we have to go through dozens and dozens are we just dealing with those guys that are just like i woke up at 10 30 because i was drinking all night and i'm partying and i don't yeah. want to go to work but i gotta call you tell you i'm not gonna be in today like you're dealing with those individuals then you have the other individuals that they feel they're 25 years old and they should be compensated 50 dollars an hour yeah yeah i guess the thing that that i'm probably the hardest part is finding that that like small job thing like yeah, like when you got a big drywall job, sure, you hire, hire uh, you know, a drywall contractor, yeah. whatever, flooring, perfect. But it's like, okay, we got to trim out like a five by eight bathroom. Just and it. I bring in a trim carpenter no. company. No, <laughs> no. For one hour's work. Like, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So it's, it's, yeah, that's probably like the hardest person to find, I think. Yeah, I don't know. And then where do you find them? Because like you said, it's crazy busy. And I know that people have taken to Indeed. Yeah. But then, like, where do you find these people? I don't yeah. understand where you can. Yeah, trial and error. Then you get I the think. kids. But, I mean, I've I think, had... I think you got to train. Like, yeah. really, we need, we need to just find, find the personality. Find the person who has a drive and, and train them. At the moment, I, I just I, I don't have it in me right now. I know. Like, I, thing I, is, I want to. I'd love to. I just... I'm just... We're so busy. I, I don't even have the Have time. you thought about the schools? Because I've had no yeah. luck with the schools. Really, yeah? And recently, I actually agreed to take on a student. He lasted a day. Yeah. By his own accord, right? He just, like, we did a day. He was aware of what the day was going to be. And then the next day, I get a text saying, I've actually got a job someplace else. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, I just fill out all this fucking totally, paperwork. Totally different. No, uh, not... Uh, but. <laughs> He wanted to get more into the union side of things and wanted to be a framer. But when you get in as a student and you're doing the union side of things and you want to get into framing, you're actually building scaffolding. Yeah. That's what you're doing. And you're going to be doing that all summer long, if not into next year. I think he maybe was more interested in the security or things like that because even by midday of the first day, aches and pains were being shown up on an 18 year old body. And I was like, aches and pains are being shown up on an 18 year old body. Dude, I've got almost a 50 year old body and I don't, I'm not complaining about any aches and pains right here, right now. So I was a little surprised by that, but then I wasn't surprised. I was a little surprised by the text yeah. saying that I found something else. And then I spoke to the school and I just said, guys, this is what I got. He goes, well, that's unfortunate. Like that was at a, at a like uh, vocational, like high school. No, that was actually out of, um, Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I mean, I was I, we had Oyap on the show. Yeah. And then I I was adamant about it, so we started a process, and we found one kid, and all of a sudden the kid 
was a huge fan and wanted to work and then got an opportunity and then looked at more security, I guess, and wanted to go down the union route. And I'm mm-hmm. like, which is, I'm not knocking the unions, but the thing is, so this 18-year-old kid's going to be building scaffolding all summer, which is, if you want to do that, that's great. But I don't know how long you can do that for yeah. if you want to get into framing, so to speak. That's mm-hmm. union, right? So I don't know. I don't know. But that, that's why I ask. I mean, the, the, the stu- I've never had any luck with students. I've had students from others. George Brown from Sheridan from all kinds of schools and, and skill trades and all this other stuff. And I've yet to see any of them last. But I mean, the argument is that I'll discuss it with somebody in their twenties and thirties. and They're like, they're 18 years old. What do they, you know, at 18 yeah. years old? And I started thinking back when I was 18 years old, I barely knew anything when I was 18 <laughs> years old. Right. So it's just like, it's true. What do you really know? So you want to get into construction, but you're being introduced to maybe the wrong people or the wrong situation or the wrong industry or, what is it? I don't know. Or maybe TV and Instagram has. That's, know, they've got a vision of something totally different. That, that goes back to and the filters. Sudden, yeah, they're, you know, all of a sudden they're lugging drywall in for a day and they're like dying. It's a valid point. <laughs> it's a valid point because this, this guy was following me for the longest time. And all of a sudden yeah. on this particular day, we were doing a bunch of little odds and ends for a former client of mine yeah. who reached out, asked me, can you take care of this? Can you take care? And I said, you know what? I'm building a relationship with this client. Of course, I'm going to say, yes, I can take care of this. I can take care of that. So I had a day scheduled where we were basically going to do a bunch of grunt work. And it was just like, we all knew this. Yeah. And I said, sure, I'll do this. It's like, it's not a money making day. It's a relationship building day is what it was. Right. But I guess maybe he looked at it like, well, you know, where's the glitz and glam? Where's the filter? Where's the cool thing? Where's all this other stuff? And I'm like, that eventually comes. Yeah, that's at the end of it. Yeah, but that's not at the start of this, right? When you're all done and, and everybody's happy and you take that final picture. Then that's you know. where it is, yeah. Then yeah. you move on to the next one where you yeah. start all over again and it's all grunting. Yeah, yeah. But you don't see the, you know, doing demo for three days and, you know, lugging all this and yeah. all on that. And yeah. Move this to over there and all the really shitty stuff that... that you know, sucks. That's that's the one thing about social media that frustrates me is that far too few, if anybody speaks about the negative side Hmm. of the construction industry, everybody 99.9 or whatever, talk about the glitz and glam filter side of construction. And I'm like, if you're in construction, it's kind of like when we got our driver's license, I remember being in the class and the instructor saying to the entire class, Every single one of you are going to be in a collision one day in your life. Mm-hmm. Every single one of you. So I don't know how many you've been in. <laughs> I've been in a few. Only one was my fault. The rest of them have all been entertainment because of other people and they what they did, right? But the thing is, he was right. So if you're in construction, you are going to come across negative situations. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you are going to have a bad client that's going to potentially not pay you screw you over, do all that shit. Stuff that's not portrayed on any TV shows or not really portrayed on social media. No. And that's what gets frustrating. But like you also said, nobody ever talks about the business side. Everybody always talks about what I can sell you to make your business better. Oh, yeah. Those are two different things, man. <laughs> well, we were talking the other day. We were, yeah. We were talking about those uh, one of those referral sites. Let's leave the name out. <laughs> I'll just say it because it's funny is after I saw you that day I think it was two days later Homestars called yeah. me up and you get that you know the phone call you answer it it's dead air then all of a sudden the switchboard kicks in 
then whatever someone comes on the phone and they say their name and i'm from home stars and i just particularly was in a bad mood and i literally just said fuck off i'm not interested and hung up and right. that was how i reacted to it and i'm like they're not servicing me they're no. not doing anything to no. me and i speak to anybody who's been a part of home stars have you have you joined i think like when i first started out uh way back when I did. I can't remember. It was Homestars or one of the other ones. Thinking, oh, like I'm gonna get all this work, whatever, and you pay for leads, and you know, so did six other people, and and, and you quote and to the cust- bottom, and that customer also, you know, signed up in three other sites and got three leads, you know, three contracts, like, and, and so anyways, I was having this conversation because I was driving, sitting in traffic, and like, ah. I got nothing else to do right now. So I quick So you actually spoke to them. So I just talked to him. I said, listen, I'm not interested. You know, I, I, you know, obviously you can always use, you know, more leads or more customers or whatever. I can't necessarily service everybody right now, but you always still got to grow your business. You always still got to market. You guys, you don't offer like, you're you're not what I need. Yeah. Well, you know, we, you know, some of our customers want uh, like, uh, you know, full basements and kitchens. So it's like, no, 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 no your customers don't want what I provide. And he's like, but yeah, we have basements, we have kitchens. Like, <laughs> no, your customers want the cheapest price. Yes. And that's not us. Like that's not our service. Like we don't just building stuff is, is only a very, very small portion of what we do. Right. We, it, we build a relationship. We, you know, there's a trust there. We guide our clients through the process, you know, and, and make it work for them, right? To give them the, the least stressful thing. I mean, the finished bathroom is, yes, it looks great. It works. It's awesome. Yay. But that's not what you're selling. But if you had a, if you had a crappy, if they had a crappy experience to get to that point. Yes. Right. That's what, that's the part that we're doing. That's where we add value, right? These home store leads or whatever, we can't add value to it. It's just a number. Yeah. They're only looking for a number. That's all they're looking for. But it's funny is that the Homestar scripts or whatever, the scripts, right? That they should be talking about building relationships, but they don't get that. No, 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 no. no. You you do bathrooms, you do kitchens. What's the story here? It's like, oh, well, you know, that that, that basement, it's a $50,000 basement. What's a $200 fee for the lead? I'm like, well, because it's going to take me probably 20 of those leads to land that one job, maybe, because I'm going to be too expensive. Okay, there's, you know, a couple thousand dollars plus all the time of, you know, going to meet those clients, yeah. doing the estimates. Yeah. like the McDonald's time that I call. There's, that's like 10, 15 grand yeah. for that. Like, I don't need to pay that much money for that. So, so I just spent 10 grand to get a $50,000 job. Yeah. So basically, I just ate that's, my profit. Oh, that's more. Yeah. More than my profit. That's 20%. I ate my management and my site super fee. Yeah. And so basically it means that this ain't worth it. No. So I just cut to the chase, Bram, and I just say fuck off oh, and yeah. hang up. <laughs> Most of the time. Like, I mean, your number's listed. I know. Right? But I get web, it. If, you, if, if, you're, if you're in traffic right. and you got nothing, yeah. and, and, and I've done this before too, where it's like all of a sudden, you know what? Let me see how good this sales guy <laughs> is or girl or whatever it is. Let me see if he can get out of this because yeah. then I can maybe learn a trick or two or how he got out of it or whatever. But they always fall flat. Yeah. They always fall because they're they, reading the script. script. That's all it That's is. It. It's just a script, man. So yeah. it's just a numbers <sighs> game for them, right? Just call as many as you can, see who's gonna sign up. And who's gonna sign up, and yeah. then they get whatever their free, free trial. That's and, all it is, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I've heard horror stories about that stuff. But that's that's a whole other thing. Okay, yeah. so Brent, 
We got to wrap it up. So okay. I think we got one more, one like one final segment here. But before we get into that, so Bram again, Weitzman. Uh, Bram Weitzman Reservations, bwrentals.com, mm-hmm. info at bwrentals.com. And then on social media, Facebook primarily, Instagram secondary, at bwrentals. Yeah. Guys, reach out to him, man. Reach out to him. Check out his work and understand. I, I even checked out your Instagram. It's like April is the last time you posted, man. <laughs> the, the picture of the cookie. In the yeah, pan, yeah, the yeah. cookie. I was like, man, that cookie's the size of a frying pan, man. How'd you guys it's, pull it's that off? It's one of those uh, cast iron skillets. Okay. And we just take the, um, you know, you can buy the pre-mixed cookie dough or yeah, whatever, yeah. the little tube or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just throw some butter in the pan, squish that in there, throw in the oven for 20 minutes at 350. And it cooks, it bakes perfectly Perfect. fine? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. I gotta freaking try that out, man. <laughs> you All right. can uh, definitely gain a few pounds uh, with those. But that's why we're in construction, so yeah. we can stay active, man. <laughs> I got all my friends that are in IT or computer jobs. They're like, well, at least you're an active individual. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, you're familiar with this, so we got the 12 questions of construction, yep. okay? You ready for this? Yeah, man. I still love the intro that you gave, man. Beastie Boys. <laughs> I love that one. What is your favorite construction word? See, you think of these things like, because you hear you, you know, you're asking all your guests, and then you're like, oh yeah, I'd say this, and now I'm just drawing a blank. Um, it's like being on a game show. I think it was Jim Carrick said, uh, "Finished." Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. What is your least favorite construction word? Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Everyone jumps the gun on that one. What turns you on in construction? Progress, like it does. Yeah, it does, man. Just, What's, just seeing. Sorry, I'm gonna expand no, 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 on no, go, just go, seeing, go seeing stuff being built. Like, yeah, you know, unfolding. Yeah. Where you start on the first day and it's like nothing, and then by the third, fourth, and you start seeing things evolve. Yeah, starts growing. No, totally progress, man. What turns you off in construction? Laziness. <laughs> I'd have to agree, man. What is your favorite curse word or phrase? <laughs> Fuck nuts. Fuck nuts. <laughs> I like that one. What is your favorite car, truck, bike, vehicle? Porsche, uh, like a. a Mid to late 80s, Porsche 911. Rough? Um, eh, not necessarily the rough, but the, the last of the air-cooled. Ah. Yeah, those things like with a big wheel tail in them. Oh. And you heard you heard <laughs> that engine, the click. You, yeah. Yeah, I know you're talking about, man. Anybody that's in our age group, we know what we're talking about. <laughs> What's your least favorite car, truck, bike, vehicle? Like a Lada or something like that. <laughs> I've driven a Lada. I, They're I very tinny. Yeah. They're very tinny, man. In high school, I worked on one. Yeah. Uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? Probably, yeah, just, again, progress. progress. Just, just stuff happening. Environment, construction yeah. environment. Yeah, yeah. What construction sound or noise do you hate? When you got the zip gun stripping the screw. That... <laughs> Especially if it's a brand new bit. Oh God! <laughs> and the new guy. Yeah. And you just you can hear it like you can hear it. Well, if you ask Amy, uh, my helper, when she she first started, because there's like muscle memory, right? And it takes a while to get that. And she was constantly doing. It. I'd be like, Amy, <laughs> Amy. <laughs> just, there's two different sounds there. Can you yeah. hear the two different sounds? I need you to identify the good sound yeah. and then the bad sound. We don't want the bad sound, man. I think we went through like a pack of brand new oh. like in like a week, like a five pack. Uh, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Can I put race car driver in? Of course there? you oh, yeah. can. Like that'd be my dream. That'd be nice, yeah. eh? Yeah. What, what are we talking? Are we talking F1? Are we talking NASCAR? I'm definitely too old for F1 now. Yeah, it would be uh, any sort of like... Too old says who? (laughs) 
I don't understand. Says, says so my, you're perfect age for NASCAR? Is that what you're says saying? My son is faster than me on iRacing because his reflexes are that much faster. So, <laughs> well, it's all the turns, right? Yeah. Uh, what profession would you not like to do? Anything like like data entry, like oh, just God. mindless. But eh, like I know. Yeah. Right? I need to think. I need to cubicle go ballistic in that hum of the I need hard to drive. Solve a problem. Yeah. And the last question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Do you, do you want the good answer or the atheist answer? <laughs> Give me both if you want, man. Give me both. I'll take the atheist the, one. The, the atheist answer is like, what the fuck? Where you been? Like, <laughs> no sign, no, no nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the good answer? Yeah. Just, oh. Awesome. You're here. Great. I don't know, man. No, that's great, man. Bram, honestly, thanks so much, man, for reaching out and always chatting with me on DMs. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. It's a different experience when we're just DMing each other and we don't even know who the people are on the other end there, right? So it's actually really cool. And I love that I keep bumping into and talking to and and I'm always saying, listen, I want to meet you. I want to talk to you. I want to go from there. So I'm glad that you did that and everything. So I really appreciate you sharing your story there. And everyone, again, Bram Weitzman, Bram Weitzman at Renovations and BWRentals.com. Info at bwreynolds.com and on social media, bwreynolds. Awesome. That's it, man. We're done for the show. Thank you so much for yeah. coming back on, or coming back, yeah. getting me back on yeah, the no, show. Yeah, no, for sure. That's it. it so was, we uh, got more shows coming up, guys. I want to thank everybody for listening. Please check them out. This will get posted soon enough. Everyone will see it, and then we're back on track, and uh, and we'll see. Maybe we'll have some surprise guests, and other people might show up. We'll see what happens. Leave it at that. That's all I'm going to say. But yeah, other things are still going on. Don't worry about it. Stuff has not disappeared. Things are still happening. So thank you very much for listening. And please drop me a line anytime you get a chance. Info at theconstructionlife.com. Reach out to me on social media at, our, at Hardcore Rentals. And uh, whatever else, man. That's it. Yeah. If you awesome. know me, you meet me, you got my phone number, that's when you get my phone number. Other than that, I will not share my number right now. I'll give you a Homestars <laughs> number. You can reach out to Homestars and talk to them. <laughs> All right, Brent, let's get out of here. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, I really brother. appreciate it. All right. Ciao.